Welcome to Talking Business Now. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. There's buyers and there's sellers. And as a seller, you know, my advice to every entrepreneur is get enough money you can happily walk away because there's a good chance you won't be happy when somebody else takes this thing you created. That's Bill George, our guest today on Talking Business Now. George is the CEO of Kansas City Transportation Group. Today, he talks with us about how he joined the business with his father, how they grew it together, how they sold the business and then bought it back, how the transportation industry is evolving, and what that means for on-demand transportation services like his. We'll hear more from Bill George right after this message from our sponsor, Interobang Solutions. to position your company as an industry thought leader, increase engagement, and build credibility with prospects and clients, establish your influence as a trusted resource, Interobang Solutions offers full-service writing and publishing solutions that deliver your company's messages with a bang. You can count on us to provide turnkey solutions that support your existing marketing and communication staff or act as your full-service outsourced partner. Interobang Solutions, providing custom writing, editing, and publishing solutions. Call 913-676-7272 or visit www.interobanksolutions.com. That's 913-676-7272 or www.interobanksolutions.com. Welcome back. Our guest today is Bill George. He's the CEO of Kansas City Transportation Group. And there is an app that we're going to be talking about today that you can use on your smartphone that lets you book a black car or a taxi within a matter of seconds. But first, Bill, I just want to welcome you to the show and find out how you got involved in the transportation industry to begin with. Thanks for having me on. Um, You know, I, I grew up in the car business. My father was a uh, Chrysler dealer for many, many years. Always thought that would be the business I'd get into. And back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s, he was selling cars to some people that had cab companies and both of them went bankrupt. And he ended up owning a lot of taxi cabs, but then owning a taxi cab company. So with some partners, he uh, formed a company called Metropolitan Transportation Services or Mitzi and bought the assets of Yellow Cab and American Cab out of bankruptcy. And I joined in 1985. We built up and expanded the business together in 1997, sold it to a public company called Coach USA. I stayed on to run it for them for about five years, made an offer to buy back the Kansas City operations, which I did, and, and renamed it Kansas City Transportation Group and expanded the portfolio considerably. And then turned around and sold that to um, a French-based company called Transdev in 2007. I've remained in uh, Kansas City, but also oversees Transdev's portfolio of cab companies around the country. Okay, so a lot of buying and selling going on there, uh, all kinds of dynamics at work, uh, you know, working with your father, a family business. Uh, what 
drew you to working with your dad? Uh, was it just something that you always knew that you were going to be doing uh, from the time you could think about what your future was going to be like? Or was there some circumstance that drew you into the business? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, I, I grew up with three sisters. My father was a, a serial entrepreneur, obviously based in the car business, but some other peripheral businesses. Our relationship wasn't playing catch in the yard. It wasn't going fishing. It was me going to work with them. And, uh, you know, every day during the summer, every Saturday, every holiday from school, I ended up going to work with them. And, I, you know, he, he allowed me to be exposed to a lot of the inner workings of business and, and attend a lot of meetings. And it was just a great education. That was our bond. And to this day remains so. What was it like, though, working with your father? Uh, you know, he, he founded the business and he is still involved in, in some respect, I understand. And so, you know, as, as all of these different sales have taken place and then repurchasing, how have you managed that relationship through all of that? You know, um, it's rare. There's, there's always the, the theory of you know, thunder, wonder, and blunder between the generations. And, you know, the, the first one, the founder comes in with the thunder and gets everything happening. The second generation just wonders and hopes to hang on. And the third one usually messes it up. <laughs> and we were fortunate in our relationship, and I, I give all the credit to my father, that he would allow me to go out and fail. And even if I had an idea that he had tried before or didn't think it would work, he'd refrain and let me experience it on my own. And sometimes he was right. Other times I surprised him and was able to make something happen from it. So it was it was a great relationship in that way. The company was large enough that we could each go into our own direction. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's a process. And, and, you know, we haven't worked together since 2000, actually since 97 now I think about it. Oh, really? Okay. Um, but, you know, we're, we're extremely close. He's in the car. He went back after we sold the 97 back into the dealership business. But, um, you know, and, and there, was, there was times that we would have a knockdown, drag-out fight that we wouldn't speak for two or three days. And, and then finally we got to the point that we might have that same knockdown, drag-out fight, but we'd go to lunch together 30 minutes later. <laughs> and so it was finding that balance as to, you know, how to, how to have a, what was a true partnership. And I think that's what I believe strongly set the foundation for the success we've had. Yeah, it it sounds like it. Let's fast forward and let's talk about staying relevant in the transportation industry, the ground transportation industry. We've got Uber, we've got Lyft, there are uh, autonomous vehicles, there's just all kinds of disruption going on in the industry right now. And along comes your smartphone app, Ztrip. Talk to us about how it works and how it's also allowing you to stay up with all the changes going on? Well, I'll tell you, our first, you know, there's, there's two things to go back in our history that, that really set us up for this. One was um, most cities, the cab business is highly regulated. Kansas City went through deregulation in 1984. So um, as I got into the business, you had to learn how to, to navigate it, where the city was actually setting the fare that everybody could charge, and the only way to distinguish yourself was based on service. So that was a little bit different than what a lot of other operators around the country had seen. And then probably the second most inspirational thing for us that allowed us to, to navigate the new marketplace was, and then tell you a personal side of it, I went through a divorce about 10 years ago. And as I was going out, you, know, you realize you go to dinner on Monday or Tuesday night, this whole group of people that you weren't really exposed to before. As I got around and, you know, I live in Johnson County at the time and you, you see people that are out, and they all said, hey, why can't we get a cab out here? And the reality was there was no cabs out there because there was no demand. 
and there was no demand because there was no supply. And I started talking to people about it. It's like, you know, if you had a cab out here, would you use it? And the reality is most people are only going two or three miles, you know, to where they need to go. We would have a lot of yellow cabs down on the plaza, but none of them were going to drive 20 minutes out south for a four or five dollar trip. I started asking people if they'd be interested in taking it, if it was available. And the two questions was how much and how long. And I said, what if it was $10 for up to five miles? So that would get you most anywhere you're going to go. And we had it here in 10 minutes or less, which back then, this was seven years ago, eight years ago, was a unheard of thing to get a cab in the suburbs in 10 minutes or less. So we started the company 1010 Taxi. So the name of the company 1010 Taxi and started with five cars centered on 119th and Metcalf in Johnson County. The thing exploded. And we went from five cars to about 180 cars within the next 18 months. 90% of that business was net new. Um, you know, we took a little bit of share from some other people, but the majority of it was just brand new business that was created. Mm-hmm. So that was our first eye-opening experience. The second thing of living in the Midwest is when you saw what was happening with the trends, especially out of California, you have some time to prepare for it. So we saw what was coming with the disruption, realizing that you know both those companies are massively funded through Wall Street, but they also have massive losses. But they did something that we would have never been able to do, and that is they changed people's behaviors. Yes. So, you know, it's it's the market itself continues to expand. So our goal was, look, we're not going to beat them in a head-to-head battle. How can we make ourselves relevant and play around in the areas where they don't do as good a job as we do and really exploit what the differences are? And that's what the basis was. We started renamed 1010 Z-Trip and took it nationwide. You won the 2014 Taxi Cab Fleet Operator of the Year. It was a major industry award. So what is it that's been your secret to success? Um, honestly, the, the people I surround myself with and my objective has always been, I know what my strong points are, but more importantly, I know where my weak points are. And I've tried to hire people that excel where I'm not good. And, and, you know, my, I look at things in a very big picture way. I have people that I trust that challenge me on that. And then once a decision is made, they're the ones that grind out the day to day. The ego set aside that we we hash out deals, and I think I go back to my days. You know, we described with my father that you know you would have knocked down, drag out fights over it, and it, and that give and take was fantastic because it yielded a better result, and you see it from a different angle, and then everybody knows what the role is in advancing the idea forward. And if we failed, we failed quickly. Yeah. And, and then moved on to the next thing. You went through so many different ownership changes, and that usually requires a lot of maneuvering to blend cultures and so forth. So talk to us about how you work through those kinds of challenges. When you sell, even though both times I've stayed on with the organization, you know, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a merger. There's buyers and there's sellers. And as a seller, you know, my advice to every entrepreneur is get enough money, you can happily walk away because there's a good chance you won't be happy when somebody else takes this thing you created. And when they bought it, they have the final say on these decisions. That's what happened with our previous company. They were uh, based in Scotland, Coach USA, and it was just a disaster that they tried to turn our operations into cookie cutters. And I'm of the philosophy in the business that we're in, 80% of it can be uniform city to city, but it's that 20% local knowledge and local flair that makes or breaks you. And they were very resistant to that, and that's why I became somewhat disillusioned and, and made an offer to buy it back. I've tried to control it with this new company a little bit, but as, as subsequent to that, as fast as the marketplace is changing, and that's really the key, you have to be nimble. 
and some of these larger corporations don't understand that or they're just not set up for success that way. And so we've been able to keep it um, very decentralized where we, we really just use back office support and some things that we don't have our, our local talent tied up with, but then really be in tune to the marketplace and exploit any advantage that we can find to grow our market share. How has working with Equity Bank allowed your company to grow? Well, my, my relationship with Equity comes from Mark Parman, who's the Kansas City president. And Mark and I have had a banking relationship since about 92, I think. It, it's nice because Equity has the resources to, to make the loans that we need for equipment and things. But more importantly, they believe in entrepreneurs that understand their business. On a business like mine that's unique to them, they understand that I know the business. Mm-hmm. And they ask good questions. And it's just, but there's there's a level of trust there and a level of understanding. And, and so it's been very easy. Excellent. What does the future look like for your company? Oh, it's, it's I will tell you that, you know, it's a 33-year career for me. It is by far the most exciting time. And, you know, there, there's two things that have happened. As I mentioned, um, with all the money that's poured into the industry through the new players, they, um, they've changed people's behaviors. And Kansas City was such a driving town, and, you know, everybody went with my car. And the fact now that people just say, I know I'll get a car. You know, I don't have to plan ahead. I don't have to have a designated driver. We don't have to think about this. We go out. We estimate in Kansas City alone, the market for on-demand transportation has increased 400% in the past five years. It's incredible. So it's phenomenal growth. And at the same time, there's really interesting dynamics. You know, what most people don't realize is, um, you mentioned Uber. Uber still loses $10 million per day mm-hmm. worldwide. $10 million per day. So we look in and see how the business has changed, what customers want, and how we can profitably take the pieces of the business that we want and put together a you know, multi facet an operation that serves customers but really with the focus on both the backseat customer as well as the front seat driver. And I think that's where we really excel. You mentioned also on demand. And what I read into that is uh, a point of distinction because in addition to Uber and Lyft, there are some new things, especially in Kansas City where you do a lot of business. You have the scooters that just came. I know those are for short, very short distances, but you still have those. And you also have the streetcar. Has that changed things at all? We're for anything that gets people out of their car. So take the streetcar, for example. If you knew you could get from home to work reliably on the streetcar, or any kind of mass transit for that matter, you may give up a car. And if you give up a car, that's a potential business. We've always looked at it because our competitors are not other taxi cab companies or the rideshare services. It's you getting behind the wheel of your own car. True. And so if the last study that was done, just to give you an example, KCI Airport, 91% of the passengers arriving or departing to the airport did so by private passenger vehicle. The remaining 9% was everything from rental cars to hotel shuttles to on-demand transportation and airport shuttles. So... To take that 91% and bring it down to 81%, we can double our market share. Oh, that's significant. And that's always a refocus is how do we get people out of their cars and into the system? And then that, that helps everybody, and it allows us to really focus, as I mentioned, on the areas that we think we excel at versus the competitors. 
as I mentioned, you do a lot of business in Kansas City, but you are in multiple markets. What are some of those other markets, and what are your plans for them? Uh, we're in 19 different cities right now with Utrop, and personally, I've been acquiring cab companies so in the past, well, since actually April, um, Omaha, Lincoln, Fort Collins, Colorado Springs, Boulder, Pensacola, Albuquerque. We're staying in second and third tier mm-hmm. cities. I think there's just tremendous market potential there. And we're currently in about five other cities right now. Thank you so much for your time today. Much continued success to you, and uh, we'll be watching to see where things go. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate the support of our sponsor, Interrobang Solutions, providing writing, editing, and publishing services. Give them a call at 913-676-7272 or visit interrobangsolutions.com. And thank you for tuning in today. Please be sure to join us for the next episode of Talking Business Now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.